Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Class 1A. This week we will be doing another character deep dive on Uraraka Ochako. And alongside me, I will have James Graham and Dylan Beal as always to help dive into this character. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. I'm ready to talk about her because I, I felt like in terms of like show manga, she's kind of like fallen off. So like she needs some love. Let's bring her into the limelight again. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, when you when you say it out loud, it's like, yeah, she really, really hasn't gotten as much screen time as I think we initially thought she would. So yeah, let's. Uh, she's definitely she's definitely in the run for best girl. So I think she's she deserves some, she deserves some content. Especially watching through, like you have a really good point. I love, I love the character. I'm watching back through the series again with my girlfriend right now, and just even from her introduction on, I'm like, man, I love her. Just a catching Deku right off the bat. And then all of her early interactions with Deku or just the class are so fun that I just I do miss her in the show and the manga as we've gone on. So I, I do I'm glad we're gonna give her some love today. But before you get into all that, for those of you that do not know, this is the class 1A podcast. It is a weekly podcast where every single episode we dive into either the lore of the Mahara Academia universe, the manga, or once we do catch up on the anime and gets going, which you do now have an official release date. Starting in March, we'll be doing every single episode recap as well. But with that, if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts or any other podcasting services, do make sure to leave a five-star review. It does help out a ton of people find the podcast. And also lets us know that you guys are enjoying the content we're doing. But also, if you're watching on YouTube, push the subscribe button down low, like, comment, all that kind of stuff. Any kind of interaction with us, whether it's on YouTube, podcasting services, or on Twitter at twitter.com slash pop underscore off means the world to us and lets us know that you guys are enjoying the content that we're doing but let's not waste too much time with the whole intro and actually start talking about uraraka and just kind of giving a little bit of the background information on her first before we even really go into talking about her too much so obviously um her quirk is going to be gravitation no zero gravity i'm sorry allows her to nullify gravity on an object and then turn it back on her hero name is going to be Uravity, which is a play on Uraraka and Gravity, kind of putting those two together. And then obviously she has two unknown parents. We don't know that, just that they're construction workers and that there is a whole little arc about there, but that's about as far as we know there. She's in class 1A. She's been in the series from just about the beginning. A couple of cool little things about her costume is that actually her helmet, wrists, necks, and legs all help in a different way to actually help with her gravity uh, quirk. We all know that if she uses it too long, it causes her to throw up. So she has different parts of her costume that helps that. So the helmet reduces stimulation in her ears. Um, the wrist clamped down on her um, wrist statue release blood like pressure gauge. I don't know, I'm kind of reading this off a thing that Dylan found off the wiki. And then her neck stimulates pressure points around her neck area. And then her legs break fall from um, elevation with shock absorption. So this was actually one of the first Time, but before we even get into anything else about it for you guys, have we seen anyone else besides Akago really have their costume actually do anything useful for them? Yeah, actually, so they I don't think they go over it too well in the show itself, but everyone's costumes are kind of important uh, to like how Except their quirk interacts. Until later on in the show. Yeah, basically. I, but I even think like Deku's like there's some stuff that goes behind it. Like, um, I actually think the reason why they're so useful is the designs for this and Bakugos are actually this, the same person designed them. Um, and so well, I think yeah. that's why they're so functional. Um, but I, I know that other people do have some functions to their their outfits, but they're not super apparent um, or they're not like 
you know, super important, like, uh, like, like, you know, obviously Uraka's, like, every piece of her helps her, like, basically not throw up. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's something that, like, like you said, like, it gets missed over in the anime a lot, which I think, like, I mean... I feel like it was missed in the manga even. Like it's probably it's probably but one I don't of those think it was even mentioned there. Yeah, I was gonna say it's probably one of those things that's in like the like the end of the end of the chapter or something like that that you get that extra that extra little bit. Um, so I think that's probably where it came in. Um, but yeah, I feel like stuff like this this kind of information like people like like people like to learn this shit, um, especially with hers because it all. It, they all have a purpose, you know what I mean? Instead of just, like, in, improving her practicality, it's actually just combating the side effects, which I think is a really cool twist on how the suit works. Yeah, I mean, like, speaking of that, I just, like, really like her her quirk itself because it, it's so simple, It's it's and it makes sense. It, it totally makes sense. Like, that's why that's her, like, a back, uh, like, like the, the pushback from it is that she gets sick is because it's dealing with zero gravity and it throws off your balance or whatnot. And so it makes sense why she gets sick. I also like whenever in in the anime when she throws up, it's that like that weird sparkle stuff. It's a rainbow. Rainbows, she throws yeah. up rainbows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I do appreciate that as well. And just even like her whole character aesthetic just fits. Like she kind of has her costume was like a modern kind of spacesuit going off of the zero gravity quirk name. Like I I really like her character design overall and just her character personality as well, which we'll talk about a little bit more, but. Just like I said, from the beginning, she is just one of those characters that is designed from the ground up to make you fall in love with her right away. She's such a good one to have around Deku. It's fun to kind of have a love interest, which I know you want to talk about later on um, in the episode, Dylan. But just overall, she's been a character I've enjoyed from the beginning, and I really don't have complaints with her. With a lot of characters that have complaints about Kyra arc, like right now my only complaint with her is that we're not getting any of her in the anime recently that she feels like... She- She's kind of gone on to that background cast. It's really my biggest complaint with her throughout the entire series. I mean, she's not Sue with her annoying points where she's up and down or she's not Bakugo or she's nothing like that. She's just always been a consistent character that you've loved from the beginning. Well, it was- yeah, I think yep. I, I think the weird part about her, though, is that she's clearly a fun character and that's the way that she's designed. So you have these like characters that can be put in like very serious situations and characters who really can't so like Mineta you don't want to see Mineta in an epic fight right like that just no. it, it just doesn't work well Bakugo he works in epic fight um I originally thought that uh Uraraka was like you know designed to be that fun character too that you couldn't really put in those serious situations but she's like such a cool and complex character that they were able to kind of flex that and really put her in those like actual real fights and have it be super meaningful like we'll go into a little bit later but like her fight versus bakugo right like that was like a serious fight and that was sick as hell it was a really well done fight yeah still one of my favorite fights this series i think like my initial only issue with like as far as like her her hero aesthetic and stuff like that was her name like her hero name because i wasn't sure like how much like secret identities were really like a like a factor in this in this universe, you know what I mean? Because I mean, like the the Western style of, of like you know comic or like superheroes and stuff like that is that you always want to protect your identity because if you don't, you know people can use that against you. But it doesn't. It's not as big of an issue in the the My Hero universe. So I was like, why 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 would you put a part of your name in your hero name? But I I, I even think that's like like that's not a bad name either. Um, and I think and is she going to UA as well? Like you're going to a sports festival, yeah. which is the Olympics like level, like everyone's going to know your quirk and your name the second you go into that. Yeah. So I understand a little bit of that fear because 
we met her and knew her here name really before some of that happened i'm pretty sure mm -hmm. so i get that but again at ua there's no one that's not gonna know you exactly right so um and i think the initially it like her quirk kind of confused me because i didn't really I, like the functionality like when you were first introduced to it didn't make a ton of sense it was like oh she can like rip the gravity from something and then just like kind of control it on a whim and i think just the, the i think it, the delivery of how the 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 quirk was displayed took a little while to like fully in, like understand from just a viewer perspective at least for me because like i don't know you're so used to seeing like stuff like deku and bakugo which is like you have visual cues on when they're using their their quirk but with her like a lot of stuff didn't even get like it, there wasn't like there was like this force field that like was around it symbolizing that like you know the the gravity was being ripped away from it it was just very much shit just started floating and you're like oh okay right like, so that was the only thing but i think once you saw more of her and you saw which i mean like we've said before we're not seeing much of her now um you kind of got the idea of like how everything worked plus plus the puke and rainbows is like it's like it, it's fun and it's like it, you know it adds some some femininity is some femininity back into the character because like you know, like, nobody wants to see me puke, and of course, if she is going to puke, she's going to puke fucking rainbows, right? So, that's what I like about it, too. Yeah. And I guess, just going back into the actual character, like, drives, it's something that's super interesting to me. I'm pretty sure we had a conversation on this on one of the recaps or something. I don't know. I remember we've talked about this before. But in the show, Uraraka literally says, I want to be a hero for the money. Yeah. And I, I love that about that. I'm pretty sure, James, you had an issue with that the last time we talked about that. But I love... That it is just, to me, she feels like the most down to earth. Deku and all, I mean, Bakugo all want to be the best hero in the world and the strongest. Even Todoroki you can throw in that group as well. And a lot of the other ones too, Ido wants to live up to his family's legacy and be this great hero. Uraraka just wants to support herself, her family, and all that. And that's something that you don't hear about often in a hero story. You always hear about everyone trying to save the day, be the best, making their city better. Like, no. She's doing this because she knows it's going to be able to support her financially, which I think is really cool. Obviously, we see in the Bakugo fight and other moments we'll talk about, she has that drive to want to be a great hero, but the core reason why she's doing this is for financial support, and she's not ashamed of that, really, and I love that part of her character. I, I, we got really bait-and-switched on it, though. Yeah, we like, did. Like, to be fair. Yeah. Like, the, the episode, like, the setup was like, oh, why is everyone being a hero? And everyone's, like, talking about it, and she's like, I just want the money. And then there was that whole, like, everyone's like, what? Why would you say that? Blah, blah, blah. And, like, it totally, she was like, oh, no, well, my family's really poor. I want to take care of my family. Her which, family's like, not even poor. They run a construction company. Like, they, like, like that is, like, you need oh. capital to, to start something like that up. So, in. Maybe okay, not in a cork world. Uh, no, definitely in a cork world. Well, it's a really small construction company. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. I, so they have, like, yeah. one front end loader and one dump truck. Yeah. My bad. Yes. So yes. Small, yes. The, the, the parents don't even get names. We don't know anything about the construction <laughs> company and the names. Like, they're so irrelevant, we don't even learn about them. But but again, so, yes, like, it, like the, help. the motivation isn't greed. The motivation no. is, you know, it goes back to support, which again is a very like hero esque mentality, right? Like it's not like she's not selfish or anything like that. But yeah, like Dylan said, it's a bait and switch of like, oh, she's just a, a super greedy, I guess. And no, of course that's not the case, especially with her. And I. And I don't even see that as bait and switch. You would, yeah, you would, I, you would rather a, a hero that was straight up greedy. You would. Be, you... I would love to see that. I would love to see that drive as well. And I think we kind of got a little bit of that from Chris 
and Captain Celebrity, when it was initial releases, was for the popularity and all that. And that can lead to good character arcs. And I, I just like that not everyone in this class is trying to be hero number one, and there are other reasons outside of that. And that's just something that flushes out the world because it's not realistic for everyone to come into UA wanting and having this weird obsession with being the number one hero. Well, I actually think you do have to have that because, like, how many, like, how many people go to Harvard being like, I want to do this so I can just make a, 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 a decent, totally normal, a decent living. Yeah. A decent living, living. yeah. And like, you're not going to have that. You like, you have these people that have like incredibly high, like shooting for the moon ambitions of where they want to go. And that's kind of like what UA is because you're, these aren't like, these are going to be national heroes. These aren't going to be, you know, the, the manuals like patrolling the streets. Nice the manual. Mineta is going to be a national hero. He, huh? he wants yeah. to be. Yeah. No, wants... actually, like, like, there's a reason why he's there. Like, yeah. whether it's, like, support or whatnot, like, yeah. he, he's going to be a national hero of, of some sort. Yeah, it's the same but, thing. Like, these aren't like... people just patrolling the streets trying to get money. These are, like, big-time people. Yeah, like, even, even like, our, I guess, like, our lesser-known cast of the, of the, of the, um, of the, of the, of the class, I guess, right? Um, like, I mean, they do want to be the most... Like they 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 do want to be at the peak performance of each one of their specific roles. Guys like Coda and Shoji and stuff like that. Like I mean, they want to be the best at what they do, despite like character flaws. Like especially with Coda and stuff like that. But like they, it's like again, like like Dylan said, the drive. I think the drive is like a mandatory prerequisite, except for what's her face. She's she's trash. She she's she doesn't have any like key motivation. Sue? No, not Sue. Sue of course has motivation because she has to. Um. Oh my god, it's gonna drive me up the wall. Invisible, the... invisible. Oh yeah, yeah. The invisible girl. Invisible. <laughs> what is her? Somebody, somebody, Google her name really quick because I cannot remember it for the life of me. But yeah, but other than that though, everybody has like clear cut ambition. Um, and I think actually Mineta is like a, a better example of somebody who has not as wholesome as a motivation, right? Like M M Mineta wants to be popular to get laid. Like that's Mineta's whole thing, right? But it's it's manifested in such a drive. That it has gotten him to UA, so I don't know. Like I mean, I fear if anybody, Andrew should be drawn to Mineta, not Uraraka. Like, what is that supposed to mean? It means he just doesn't have he just doesn't have the most wholesome wholesome ambitions. Whatever. But Uraraka's great. Right. Uraraka's a great character. I agree. And unless you guys have anything else, kind of from a high level stuff, we can start kind of going through some of the big moments and talking through some of those moments throughout the show, right? Yeah. 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 So I guess the first one outside of her initial character reaction where she actually gets screen time we learn about a quirk and see how she kind of does a fighting style is going to be in the tag team battles of uh with all might on like the second day of class which was her and deku versus bakugo and ida in the heroes versus villains exercise so looking back on this just a couple of days ago yes she's part of this but it really was such a bakugo and deku show this entire arc Obviously, Bakugo having all of his mental breakdowns, pretty much with Deku having a quirk now. But even towards it, we do get to see a little bit about Ochako's character here. And even her improvised and unique ways that she can use her quirk. I mean, and just kind of her determination up there. So that's really what I want to focus on. Because pretty much outside of that, it's just the kind of the Ida versus uh, Ochako battle there. Because they split up very early on. But what do you guys think about this arc? Just kind of general thoughts about that. If you don't have too much to say, we can jump on. But yeah, I, I just really liked it because I thought it was just a good like demonstration of her abilities and where they could be taken. I think that's what the important bits were because yeah, it is a Deku versus Bakugo like grudge match fight. 
um, like most of the first two seasons are. Um, but it, I thought it was a cool, like, little showcase of her abilities and what they could be used for. Yeah, and no, I think I think that's really the the key word to kind of like uh, tone in on is it, it was a showcase, right? Um, and you get to see how it how it matches up against uh, like uh, like another person, not just like robots or something like that, right? Like you get to see how somebody, especially with a quirk that doesn't really let them fly or anything like that, where Ida is like. Ida has, like, one of the best, like, ground-based quirks out there, right? But for her to kind of show how she can deal with somebody like that and trip them up, I mean, now, mind you, she did ba- oh, damn near, like, bring down the building, like, more or less with, like, the bomb and stuff, like, because that's why she got she got shit on towards the end of it. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was, like, I thought it was a good display of, like, what her quirk could do in a more realistic setting. And it was really, really a cool moment because we learned that she can zero gravity herself as well. Yeah. Up until this point, you only saw her do it on other people and, and other things. So it was kind of a cool moment. And literally when we were watching, like, for my girlfriend, I said, like, oh, wow, she can do it to herself too. And I thought that was a really cool moment on top of the improvised super move and all that, which is the first um, first we hear about super moves as well. Even though they're not a huge thing and her super move wasn't that big of a super move, it was still the first time we got to hear about that. So... It wasn't anything game changing here, but there was some really cool moments here. Unlike the sports festival, the sports festival, as I said earlier on, I mean, we have moments of her throughout the first two parts um, between the horse race and the after obstacles course. But I think the biggest character arc moment for her was in the Bakugo versus Uraraka fight. And like I said earlier on, this is by far one of my favorite fights, probably a top five fight in all of the show for me right now it's good yeah it's really good it, it absolutely is yeah this uh because go on yeah no i was just gonna say like this is like this is you always are curious on a character's grit and like until it's displayed you know what i mean and i think this like from from both ends because the the thing i the thing i liked about this a lot too was people were giving bakugo flack because of how like how, how hard he was on her but like, it, like again, it, it was like it was like a character development like twofold. From Bakugo, it was pure respect because he knew what she was capable of, and for her, she was pulling out all the stops to deal with him. And I thought it was such a cool way of doing it too, and like really using her quirk to her advantage. Um, of course, unfortunately, Bakugo's like raw destructiveness kind of beat that. But like, it was such like a, a good way of thinking about it and stuff like that. And it also set up for her next character arc. Which I thought was sick too. Like it, when we go into her in- internship with Gunhead, we'll get to that. But I mean, like, I, it was just there was so much goodness out of this for like just building respect for the character, showing how she thinks. Like, I mean, I thought like this this was definitely one of my favorite fights out of that entire that entire arc, outside of I guess probably Todoroki and uh, Midoriya, because that that visually was just it was super fun. But this like this is a real close runner up. Yeah, I, I thought what was, like, pretty incredible out of it is that she had, like, that thought of, you know, e- even if I win this, I'm not going to win the whole thing. Like, I'm not the best in the class. I'm not going to be the best in class. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to, you know, put 100% into this and really try to fight. Yeah. And I think that's, like, an important mentality to, like, have out there because, like, it's something that, like, we as viewers are all thinking about anyone who's not in the top three, basically. <laughs> it's, like, we know these people are going to lose, but, like, it's still hype that we can see them fight. And they actually like might break into the top three too. So I I, I did like how they had that kind of like uh, push and pull a little bit, and they kind of teased out like, you know, the the top three aren't unstoppable. Like they can be taken down. Like we could have that switch. It's possible. Yeah. 
it's very rarely conveyed to the viewers like that that is like an act of character's mentality like they like the self-awareness right like you don't usually get that so it's cool that you we do and it's also just a great example not only her grit but her mastery of her quirk mm -hmm. is above most in the class at this moment i mean obviously she has a drawback of wanting to throw up but even how long she was able to sustain all that rubble up in the air for so long shows that she can push through that while doing hand-to-hand -hand combat and that pretty much i mean bakugo and todoroki are the only two yeah in the entire first year class that would be able to survive that kind of attack i mean it has to be against bakugo it has to be someone like that in order for that strategy to kind of work because she had to use the smoke and all that to get it up there but just in general like that scale of an attack beats everyone else in the class except for todoroki and bakugo and just that she's already able to do that in her first year at ua shows of how far she can go with this quirk because of how mastered she already has it but also just what her skill level is right now well i i, I do think like not only like she's like in this it, it, basically where that where that scene was you got to think about who made in the top into that top running so herself bakugo who I, undoubtedly has the most mastery out of his over his his quirk in the class todoroki at that time didn't because he refused to use fire and Midoriya just was pure raw destructiveness, and he didn't understand how to harness it at all. Yuraka was number two. Like, she was a hundred, like, clear-cut number two. Um, and, like, it's just, yeah, it was just one of the things where, of course, she has to go against Bakugo for this, for this story arc to work, right? So, I think she kind of got shafted, honestly, because I think, I mean, may maybe not against Todoroki, because... No, she you, wins against Deku, she doesn't win against Yeah, because, like, again, like, I, I like with Todoroki, she doesn't have that ability to really toss anything up in the air, because the ice comes out as, like, a fluid thing, not, like, you know, in rubble and stuff like that. But, like, yeah, it was just, like, you really, you really appreciate the power of the character from that whole, from that whole arc. Yeah, I agree, and, and I think it is a good setup, like you said earlier, James, for kind of moving into the internship with Gunhead, and when she kind of announced it to the class and was talking about it, like everyone thought it was such a weird kind of decision for her to go there because they just had the quirks were so different, but her going there wanting to learn the hand-to-hand -hand combat, which is obviously what she is not the weakest on, but where she can improve on what is so important for her because everything she has to do is actually touching the person she's going against. So I think it was such a cool way to do that. And we do see her actually going to use it at one point in the actual, um, series but i just think it was such a good character decision and again showing her personality and how she's different that yes she wants to be the best hero even on top of wanting to support her family and going through this and understanding where her weak point is yeah this is like clearly a moment of this is what separates like i'll use mineta again for an example this is what separates like the characters like mineta and the characters like her of where She's clearly investing into her powers and seeing them really grow and get really strong in like a, a very like dynamic way. And like that's why I think like it, it's a shame that we don't see a lot of her now because like she could be pushing into that top three because like she's getting the skills. Like she has the quirk mastery. She knows the martial arts now. Like she's a really powerful character. Yeah, it's it, it is a kind of a shame with how the how the anime has gone as far as like both her and Edith started out as such like solid rocks of like Deku's kind of like like friend group and support group and stuff like that, and they they both kind of fall into the wayside, um, which is a which is a shame because uh, yeah, like you said, we we saw the steady power increase of her that she like she would like is a, like a you know a top contender right, and they just they eventually were just like I don't I don't know what what uh 
what the deal was with her. I was like, yeah, well, you know, she's sick now, but we'll just we're gonna focus more on this this Bakugo Midoriya thing now, which is, I mean, I, I mean, it makes sense. But like, yeah, she's like once it, it, it like again like this character is which I don't know how often you really see in anime when I really think back to it. She's the epitome of self awareness. She knows that when somebody gets close to her, she's kind of boned because she dealt with it with Bakugo. Bakugo wanted to get closer and she needed to get to him, but she had she didn't have the tools to do it. And then she was like, okay, here's the thing I need to fix. And she went and actively fixed it. And I, I don't think you just see it. Like a lot of, a lot of people, especially in the internships were like, I need to refine the quirk, not, not, you know, myself. And Uraka was literally the complete flip. You know what I mean? So, Maybe that just became because she already had, like, a decent mastery of the quirk already. Um, but I think even in later episodes, I think it still gets better. Like, I think she still improves on the quirk. But she just made sure that this one definite flaw was no longer a flaw anymore. But I think... So this is something I came up with last night when I was laying in bed. It's got headcanon going on. She is weak in close combat, but she also has no medium to long range attacks. She can't do it. I mean, she has to find a way to get up to a person to really be able to do anything in combat situations. I've also been watching Jujutsu Kaisen recently. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I think there's a strategy you could take from that show to use in there is she can remove the weight from any kind of object. So if she carried baseballs or something like that on there with a baseball bat. Oh, you're talking about the, not, the, chick, the chick with the nails and the hammer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Could she not just use some kind of weapon to project objects at someone with zero gravity and release that right as this is about to hit them for some kind of, like it'd be a little wonky with their quirk but that feels like such a down the road like mastery mid to long range that she it, no weight on her because she can just have it weightless at all times but it gives her something to if you hit someone with a baseball from 10 yards they're going to be dodging that gives her a chance to get in there and touch them like she needs something midway. Well, I think it kind of work out like that. Yeah, like it doesn't even need to be anything like really even cumbersome as as a, like a baseball. Like I mean, like like in just thinking of how they did Kaminari, how Kaminari kind of has like his the like the wrist shooter kind of thing. If she does something similar to allow her to close the gap, and again, all those things are going to be weightless. Like they're going to be coming. Yeah, like, give her like a little lead, like a lead little, projectile. Yeah, like just like a little people. slingshot or some shit. Like she's golden, man. Like. Do, so uh, I, originally we had this slated towards the end, but do we just want to go into how you evolve this quirk? Because I have some, oh, I have some thoughts. I'm so sorry, I did not even see it. No, 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 no. no. Okay, let, let no, we have one we, more. We big can jump. We can jump into it. We no, can jump into it. We though. have one more big moment. Then we're going to do what's next for the character. Then we're talk about the other stuff after that. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did not see this at the bottom. I would have totally brought it up then. I didn't read through the outline. I apologize. But okay, so the last um training um the last big moment for her really, which has been two seasons now. Is going to be fighting Toga at the training arc. There were a couple of moments after. Obviously, she was part of the Shihasuki raid and all that, but there wasn't any really big character arcs beside that. So the fight against Toga at training camp is the last thing I really want to talk about. Any thoughts? I don't remember this arc as much as I should. Yeah, I, I think this kind of leads into our next point pretty well, but it's like a weird fight. Because like this is mostly us really getting a lot of insight into Toga and her thoughts and feelings. Yeah. Um, But it's... It's a weird fight. It there's like weird tension there because there's weird tension between Toga and everyone. Because <laughs> uh, it, it, it it's a weird fight and it also sets up for the, uh, um, the light is it the license not the license exam but when they're fighting the other schools. Oh, the pre- was, the preliminary like. 
Yeah, yeah like, original license. In the provisional license, provisional, yeah, because yeah. it sets up for that. Because this is where uh, she gets uh, Uraraka's blood yep. in this fight. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and and we clearly saw that she, she still has some ways to go for her actual like hand to hand combat. Yeah, she's still getting bested by Toga. Use her, she did use her gunhead method though, and that's how she ended up winning the that's, fight. That's my that was my like, like big bone to pick. It was like like her entire internship with gunhead was like rooted into one move, and that was it. Like, I mean, I get that it's supposed to symbolize more than that, but I was like, man, you got like you got one hip toss, and that's like it. Like, give me give me a bit more, but like. Yeah, like this was more of like a toga centric fight, and Uraraka was like more or less the catalyst. You know what I mean? Vice it being more for Uraraka, and like I mean, like Toga was living in Uraraka's head, like rent free. Like it was, it was, it was more, more to her advantage than anything. But I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad fight for her. But I think it's, it's so, it's just shitty because like this fight was, it's, 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 like the the Bakugo Bakugo Uraraka fight overshadows this like tenfold you know what i mean yeah like you like this doesn't even touch it and i think that's the big issue with it is that like i've already seen that i need something i need something that beats that or is on par with that you know what i mean so i get that this was much more dialogue based but i mean the bakugo fight had a ton of dialogue too and yeah like i mean it just it just felt lackluster yeah it was really just a good chance to set up that moment later on in the professional that this was just a setup is one to get her obsession with deku it came from the end of this fight when he showed up to check on them and also to get Ochako's blood for the prisoner license. Like, that's really what this fight came. And to show, like, hey, she actually learned something during her training. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that's really what it was. That was the three takeaways from this. So, again, that's probably why like I said I didn't remember this arc as much as it was because there wasn't as much to talk about with her as often. And that's the sad part is that really she's had one great moment. She's always around. But really, the Bakugo fight, it was kind of the peak of her character to date so far and i hope that does change in the near future i mean we've kind of seen a little bit of what season five is going to look like with more centered around classes again we may get a chance to see her shine but we'll have to wait and see for season five but all right since we already started the conversation we can kind of so how we have it on here is the bullet point speculation what is next for a character evolving her course. you're skipping dude what are you doing no nope. you nope. you're skipping around you no, are. i said we're moving this up next no. oh like, okay this, okay yeah. all right you want to do this okay. next we okay. started moving it up next because i already started it okay fine so dylan you can continue on with your sort of thirsty thoughts based on my whole bait ball bath thing <laughs> or you can just go on your own uh, okay but, yeah let's so i i want to paint a picture of like ultimate plus ultra uraraka right uravity so imagine this is like yo time skip. Oh wait, she comes. She, she this is time skipped, right? She's in the. It's in the future. She's like she's like a, a national hero at this point. She shows up on the battlefield, right? She's just reaching her hand down and touching the ground and and taking the gravity off a of giant fucking boulders, picking them up, throwing them across the battlefield, and then and then releasing them, right? And so there are these giant boulders. So the long range, she has a long range. She's throwing it at like villains and stuff absolute destruction she reaches down at the ground the entire battlefield just starts lifting up everyone's thrown off their balance they're falling over easy incapacitations she's in a big fight right big huge fight she's picking up she's picking up skyscrapers throwing them (laughs) around and stuff okay and she she if she wanted to she could be absolutely destructive with her stuff. So, I was about to say, this sounds like more like super villain. <laughs> so then, okay, so, so, so check this. So check this one. Check this one. All right, this is how this is this is 
This is my head cannon that just happened in like the first, last like ten seconds, mainly because of how Dylan started that. So yeah, we go future like her her suit already kind of like the astronaut thing. Uh, we're you know we get we get we get out we get like outside colonies outside of the Earth now, right? She goes full fucking Charis counterattack, drops a fucking colony on Earth. She becomes like the grand overseer of of space. And everything is like you know she's the what? she's the supreme Where leader. Where is this going? What is this? So, uh, so uh, also imagine this, right? You're, they're in a fight. They're the big big bad villain, right? This villain is just is just killing stuff, and then and then you see like Midoriya and and this dude like standing head to head. The, the villain's like, "How are you ever going to defeat me?" And all you hear is behind the villain, "You're already dead." It <laughs> floats him up into space. Just yeet, yeets him into space. <laughs> Like I mean, like think of like the the power couple like dynamic. Like she just gives somebody zero gravity, and then Midoriya comes by and just boot fucks them, and then they they're literally cast into the oblivion. That's it. That's how you beat all for well, one. I mean, That's how you do I it. I mean, to be fair, most most villains like if you go up and the second you put them off the ground, what are they gonna do? Exactly. They can't do anything. It, they're zero gravityed. Bye. Yeah. Exactly. She could even hit them. She could hit them with a the baseball bat. I, I think this is the obvious thing that no one's talking about on how she could zero gravity someone and just throw them into space. Well, no, I think that was kind of implied by the baseball that she threw into infinity. Like, she I needs to do it that. Oh, yeah, I, I, I totally that. forgot about that. They, like, it just goes, like, infinite. Like, that's like... Yeah, it's infinity. And then yeah. that freaks out. So it is very clear that she can just do an object into infinity. I need to, I need to commission Uraka in, like, a, like a, in, like, a char get up like i need to get her with like the helmet and stuff like that you can just start dropping colonies on good. people no what how how, how where's it coming from it's a it, it's a your quirk to dropping colonies yeah man like, like mine was at least like she okay, gets heartbroken or some shit i don't know midoriya just gets too obsessed with it being number one she gets pissed off and drops a colony on his ass yeah, but how did we go from me suggesting like a small costume upgrade of something to shoot off of her wrist to distract someone to Dylan throwing skyscrapers, doing like she's trying to make money. Now she's doing billions <laughs> of dollars in property destruction. Yeah, to give what her family work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to give her family work. It's all cyclical. Jesus Christ. What's some nepotism if I've ever heard of. What the heck? All right, but no, kind of like taking a couple of small moments. I'm ignoring everything James said because there's nothing really there we can kind of take out of this, but there is some thoughts of being able to just do zero gravity of certain parts we have we've only been able to see here do entire objects so we haven't been able to see just part of an object have zero gravity so that is a natural way her quirk could evolve that if she touches the ground only two meters around portion. her hand yeah. is zero gravity and breaks up from the ground and she could tear that out like that is an actual huge improvement and kind of tackles the same thing that i was going to do if you are able to use anything and make improvised uh, projectiles out of anything that are small, big, whatever size you need them is actually a huge and really cool upgrade to her quirk that could easily be done in the second year, third year of school before even a time skip. But that also, like, I mean, so, like, she, she also needs a way to um, facilitate it moving faster, though, right? Like, I mean, zero gravity is great, but, I mean, like, it'll move it only at, like, basically the speed that she kind of launched at. But if she becomes either... Is that like, true with the baseball? It looked faster than that. 
I mean, it, there's no it's, gravity to it. Yeah, but it also didn't go over the speed no that like Bakugo put it up or Midoriya hit it up. Like the speed was it was exceptionally slower. So she has a way to facilitate that going quicker. Again, like something to launch it with, like a baseball bat or some shit like that. Um, or she just physically gets more stronger. Or again, like I don't know for like, or her suit does something like that. That's that's how you improve on that, right? But like, yeah, her being able to isolate things being zero gravity, I think would be. I think that's probably the next best step for the progression of the quirk, and then you go from there. Anything else that's kind of in this earth for evolving? I really do think her obviously improving hand to hand combat, but then having some kind of suit upgrade or quirk. Usage that you can see, like with the Koichi, the different waves you can use a simple quirk like that. Yeah. That gravity's like limits are very far, and so it's even hard to think what it is. But I think the yeah. couple we have there is good. I I think for suit upgrades, she needs some gyros. I don't know how they would help, mm, but yeah. just put them in there. Just <laughs> slam I'm them sure, in there they'll, somewhere. They'll, they can figure. Yeah, they'll figure it out. But gyros would probably work pretty well. Yeah. But... All right. So then the last thing we really have before we do wrap up the episode is going to be just the whole concept of Uraraka pretty much being the main lover interest in this show. I don't want to preface this too much, Dylan. This is something you wanted to talk about, and I kind of want to let you lead this entire even idea. Yeah, so I think it's really interesting on how they evolve her from her introduction, because her introduction is very that, you know, that Deku run into her at the, the you know, the opening the opening of the school at, at the gates she's beautiful and he's like struck like can't move or whatever and they really kind of run with that whole like them having this like love tension between each other um all the way up into the point of like Deku kind of falls off because he's like I need to focus on being the number one hero and like from there Uraka has this like weird like oh man I don't know if I like what are these feelings I'm having and it's like it's just drawn out and it honestly like it's 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 fun to speculate and i know we all like shipping here and we want the characters to get together but like it's a little exhausting when it's like that like that shallow of a thing of where it's like i don't know what these feelings are we're like we know what those feelings yeah. are just do something but about it, them it, uh, the, the, my favorite part about it it, it it fizzles out like a human relationship does that's what yeah you, ex exactly right yeah it totally on on the nose there like it, it fizzles out because there is nothing happening yeah and and it, it, it's kind of both of them agreeing, like, yeah, nothing's going to happen. I need to, like, put these away. Like, this isn't, like, what we want right now. And they evolve her past to being the love interest. Because mm. the, the main concern I had with her is that she would just be this love interest and she wouldn't actually be, like, um, a real character. But they kind of took that and even made her more real of a character by saying she has this, like, arc of, like, how she feels about Deku and then evolves her past that. And keeps her as her own character with her own motivations, doing her own things, and, and even having no her own screen group. time. You know, she gets well, no yeah, screen, screen time. time. Yeah, <laughs> she's no longer a love interest. She no longer gets screen time. Yeah, but to to be fair, they she now also has like a whole other group of people she's with. It's not like she's this hang on for decade yeah. either. It's her Sue and uh, oh my god, what's her face? The other one from the Mina. big. Who? Mina. Oh, I was gonna say what's her face from the big no, from the big three from the big three Otto. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those those three are kind of like a like a click now, right? But um, yeah, I, I, it was like basically after she got called the fuck out by Aoyama that like that basically like put the kibosh on it, and uh, and I mean I guess that's kind of what happens with like you like younger flings, right? Like I mean, somebody calls you on it and then like you kind of realign your priorities, sort of thing, 
and that's kind of that's kind of it. You, or you get like weird obsessive like Toga does, but like I mean that's just Toga. I don't think it's done. I think well, no. it is it's probably not done, but no. But I think I think it's going to come back very strong. And the next time when there's like a down arc, like right now we have the training arc coming up. We have all we don't even know what's kind of coming up after that. But I think the next time where there's really like character building arcs that aren't around combat, I think that's one hundred percent going to come up. Because I think that they even had that point of like, hey, we've both gone our own ways, and Uraraka still has those feelings, and Deku's just dumb, but probably has those <laughs> feelings too. And you had that kind of setup or whatever like that too down the road. So I think we're far from done. Or even I could see there being just a small time jump at some point, and then after that, they're already together. Like, hey, we finally got our stuff figured out. Yeah, we really no like, way, no way. Them. They're they're gonna milk. They're gonna yeah, milk that for yeah, sure. Yeah. Or the or somebody could go the route of. Dylan's YouTube feed and milk the Uraka Bakugo shipping. No NTR. No NTR. <laughs> no, but uh, why so, say like, those letters now? People are gonna Google that and figure out what that. It means stands. It stands for. It stands for Nito Rare. I think is what it is. I think that's the whole. The whole. So you want to Google that? Have fun. Don't, don't don't. Also, everyone who listens to us knows what that DGen stuff is, anyways. <laughs> I didn't, and I'm on the podcast. Yeah, but you're 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 a main character. Like, don't worry about it. So, uh, to kind of bring it back to it, I actually think this character needed that, uh, that, like, after we rose those feelings, I think we needed that arc of, like, her kind of detaching those feelings to make it not the love interest. Because, you know, otherwise it would have felt kind of weird to, you know, like I said, to have her, like, either be a total attach-on and her not feel like a real character. But because we have this, like, interesting arc of, like, her feelings, like, spiking up and then her figuring out what they are. And then kind of detaching a little bit. And now I feel like we could actually ramp up to her being a love interest without that being her defining her character thing, like, yeah. trait. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Which I think is really cool. Um, I really like how they wrote it. Now, it, was that the whole intention behind uh, how Horikoshi writes? Maybe Who not. Knows? Maybe he just... I, I, I presume it's probably a thing of where he's like, this is going to be a slow burn. Um, also, I want to rotate main characters. Yeah. I think that's probably how he wrote this and that wasn't his intention. But... We still got a good outcome of it, so I appreciate it. It's impossible to guess Horikoshi because we also did a 45-minute episode on who's a traitor, and when no one even knows if Horikoshi even remembers <laughs> there is a traitor anymore. So it's very hard to kind of predict what he's thinking. We're just all glad that he does such good writing, yeah. even if we don't know where it's going. He but, might not even know where it's going. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, we do have like our overall thoughts on the character. I think we've all kind of said that we're all pretty big fan of her Overall, I mean, is there any last kind of closing thoughts or anything you want to say about her as a whole before we wrap up? Yeah, I think I think it's going to be really awesome once they rotate her back in, once they take her off the bench and put her like into the the limelight of being like part of like a like if Team Midoriya comes back as like being a a, a top thing that people talk about uh, with with the story. I think that those arcs around that are going to be really, really awesome. Yeah, give me, give me like first string or Araka. Like once, once she gets back there, I think well, not only one are we going to have like a different Araka, but two, like she's going to be a fucking force, man. Like it's going to be sick. Like we've just seen steady progression of her, and I think she's going to be an absolute weapon when she comes back. We just need her. Yeah, to, we mean, just need her to come back. That's all. That's all. Yeah, I mean, she's done all the agency work too. Like Deku has. We've seen how Deku's kind of evolved too, then recently, and. She has that same one, so I agree that we're all huge fans of her, and we all just want to see more of her. So hopefully, season five does bring that. But with that, that is where we're going to wrap up this week's episode. 
Next week, we will be doing Vigilantes again. We're actually going to pre-record that this week because next week is going to be Christmas in the United States and I guess Canada, I guess for most of the world. The holidays next week. I'm sorry. I, I was trying to be like... Facetious? Wordly accepting. No, and <laughs> I was just bad. Um, so we will be pre-recording that episode. Make sure to check that out. Otherwise, we will be back in the new year with another special episode after that. But thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Let us know your thoughts on Uber Rock or others in the YouTube comments below sending it over our way on Twitter or whatever way you want to reach out to us on. But with that, that'll be all for this week's episode of Class 1A, and I'll see you next Saturday.